0: Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by our LeBron James. That's nothing to do with mm-hmm. your basketball. Ah, Mario Lopez. We're back. Mm-hmm. We're back with the clever
1: <laughs> monikers. Thank you so much. And we've got Justin Buffalo Knuckles on the ones and two who up, guys? actually saw the fights this yeah, past weekend. We're going to want his opinion later on, too. I'm, I'm so excited because it was such... Great uh, action that took place. Not just the Canelo Triple G, Ramirez Orozco as well, which we'll get to. But where do you want to start?
0: Saturday night, HBO pay-per-view from the T-Mobile Arena. And yes, they finally started the main event. And we have a new middleweight champion of the world, Saúl Canelo Alvarez, with a majority 12-round decision over Gennady Golovkin. Your scores: 114-114 for Glenn Feldman and Dave Moretti and Steve Weisfield. More on them later. 115-113 for Canelo who now moves to 51 and 2. Golovkin suffers his first professional loss. His record now stands at 38-1-1. One and one. Mr. Lopez, we both saw this fight from different vantage points. How did you see the fight?
1: Remember last week when I said it could possibly be a draw and you laughed? Remember that we all said mm. there's no there's no way? Yeah. Well, ironically, I had no issue with it being a draw this time, even though that's not the way I scored it. A, a lot of things bother me about this. First of all, let me... I, I don't want to start off complaining. You know what? Slow 80s clap. Yeah, good fight. For, for, no, great fight. Kudos great to Great fight. Kudos. Both men delivered. That's a perfect example of guys who don't need to all the antics and talking a lot of uh, trash. I know the trainers were kind of getting into it and they're trying to build it up. But these guys are the definition of of true warriors. They really came and left it all in the ring. And I have such a great deal of respect for both of them. Canelo, man, you got to give it to him. The guy stood in the middle of the ring. Contrary to what probably was the best um, tactic going into the fight, you would think. But credit to him and his team, for executing their plan and doing a really, really good job. Stood in the middle of the ring, uh, was countering some shots, took some big shots, showed a really good chin. Obviously, we know how heavy-handed Triple G is. Um, Answered the call, got buzzed a couple times, was busy, and I thought fought a really, really good fight. Excellent fight. Looked really, really good. With that said, my scorecard still had Triple G winning seven rounds to five with a score of 115-113 to Triple G. Now, I've seen the fight twice, okay? Same score. Came up with the Mm. same score. Now, here's the thing, though. A couple of those rounds were very close, and let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they did go to Canelo. Then I could live with a draw. I really could, as opposed to the first fight where, coincidentally, I also had a score to 115-113, but a very clear 115, 113, and the draw, I thought, oh man, it uh, the draw was disappointing. As opposed to this time, the draw wouldn't have been disappointed. I think the draw would have been fair. I think awarding Canelo, uh, to me, there being a loser in this situation is extremely disappointing. I'm sorry, especially because of the history. And here's the thing, Canelo did stay in the middle of the ring and he was um, pressuring Golovkin, but at the same time, it wasn't like Golovkin was up against the ropes. You never saw yeah. his back touch the ropes. He wasn't Smoke Gainer no, scampering no, around No, no, he the wasn't ring. getting smothered and getting back against the rope. That jab, which he was dictating the pace. And that jab, you got to remember, is not like a flicker of a jab. That's like a telephone pole-type yeah. jab. And it's almost like a power punch. I'm still baffled why he didn't go to the body. What did he throw? Maybe two, three body punches? If that, and Canelo, to his credit, was working the body. And he felt some of those shots, too. Gennady. But I just don't think he's that guy anymore. I think we saw him get older, but and we saw him rely on his technique and fundamentals and heart. And the way he was able to rally in the later rounds and buzz Canelo, um, I thought was enough to seal it. Now, this is the last thing I'll say before I want to get your take, because I know you were actually at the fight. The thing that bothers me the most, Kim, is that it came down to the 12th round and the two of the judges gave that twelfth round to Canelo? Come on, man. And by With the, way, the two big the two big uppercuts that Golovkin landed, say what you want about the other rounds being um close. That round was a clear Golovkin round in my eyes, watching it twice. Am I wrong about that?
0: Well, the thing that's really fishy, the two <laughs> judges that gave it to Canelo also pushed it over the edge to Alvarez in the fight, Dave Moretti and Steve Weisfeld. That round, I thought the first 60 seconds was dominated by Golovkin. And then to his credit, Canelo rallied back. But then the last 20 seconds when they flurried. Caught him another uppercut. Caught him with two uppercuts, one right at the bell. And I said, that seals the round. Right, I thought, that seals
1: the round. And had, he, had they given him that round, it would have been, been a draw, right? And you know what? I think everyone, ironically, even though it would have been another draw, would have been happy yes. with that, don't you think? Yeah, I think it wouldn't have left a better taste. I wouldn't have left a much better more taste valid than he this time, much more valid, and much more valid. But it leaves even a, a more poor taste because you feel he didn't get the nod the first time, and now because he's gotten, he's put in twenty four rounds, and not one judge is giving him the fight. Well, only Come one, on. one out of six,
0: and an overwhelming majority well, of, of six, the me. Yes. ringside press. Either had it a Golovkin victory or a draw in two fights. You look at the fight polls online. Again, if this was an election, Golovkin would be president right now. I want to give Alvarez I- credit, though. I thought the first fight, it was clearly a Golovkin fight 8-4. This time around, if you thought Alvarez won, I wouldn't argue. I thought it was that close. I had it 7-5 Golovkin. And I will say this, for the first so you had the time... Same, you had the same score yeah.
1: in person, too, then. Yeah, okay.
0: at the f- first time in my career, and I've... Sus- I've had this suspicion for a while, and, and our good friend Doug Fisher said Canelo Alvarez is in the peak of his physical prime at age 28. Golovkin is 36, and by the time if they fight again, will be 37. I believe that his physical peak probably came during the Lemieux fight of October of right. 2015. That's what, I was saying That's earlier, what Doug has yeah. said for at least a year. You go back to the Kel Brook fight where he got touched up a little bit by a quicker welterweight. You right. said, okay, quickness. Go back to the last three, four fights, and you talk about the lack of body shots. And I've been looking for an analogy. You know what it reminds me of? It's like that explosive basketball player on the wing who early in their career is dunking on people, right. consistently taking it to the hoop. Now he's post Now he's pull-up jumpers and fadeaways. Vince Carter? Vince Carter, oh right. Or, good analogy. Or, or, the Kobe later ver- too. Kobe or the later version of Jordan, where it's no longer about highlight plays, but right. it's about getting buckets. He's Literally still getting buckets. But what I don't like is the perception. Well, Golovkin was moving backwards. That's not
1: what he does. So we're going to penalize him for it. He's typecasting at that point. That's not the way you judge a fight. You're exactly right. He's getting penalized because people perceive they should see him a certain way where they're not necessarily appreciating the other fundamentals and skills he's able to display. And I want to go back to I don't want, listen, even though I scored it that way, I think I feel a little bad for Canelo too because, yeah, it seems like online. The majority of people are uh, agreed that it was Golovkin, right? Yeah. What would you say? Seventy percent, yeah, about three quarters, yeah, about three there. quarters, right? And I think. I think you have to give Canelo a tremendous amount of credit because he heard all the talk about him running, yep. uh, essentially, in the first fight. And the guy stood his ground. The guy traded. His and the guy, chin
0: is unreal. He
1: took a great—I thought, what was it, the 11th round when he got buzzed?
0: Tw- 10, 11, and 12. Yes. He got hit with shots. No other middleweight would stand up to except himself. Right. That and was a lot of heart. He is he elite. Showed,
1: no, he showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit. The dude's a gangster. He— is showed a lot of it. Men- I really, really wasn't walked away impressed. That was a that was a a case where, gosh, even though um you would have liked to seen Gennady because of the two fights, maybe get the nod. You can't discredit Canelo at all, and you don't want to take away from his performance because it was an outstanding effort.
0: Big victory for Canelo Alvarez and Golden Boy. Here's the president of GBP, Eric Gomez, on the fight. Eric Gomez, the president of Golden Boy Promotions, joins us right now in the aftermath of Canelo Alvarez's big victory over Gennady Golovkin to capture the middleweight titles. So the dust has settled a little bit, Eric. And I know a lot of people want to know this. For the future of Canelo Alvarez, when does he fight again? And what exactly is his network affiliation at this moment?
2: Um, we have December 15th reserved for him. Um, we're going to get together with the team later this week. We're going to discuss it. Um, it's up to him, you know, whether he killed people or not, depending on the cut. Uh, and, you know, as of right now, we're, we're with HBO as of right now. Um, and, um I can't really say anything further. Mm -hmm.
0: I spoke to Tom Loeffler on Sunday. He believes that a third fight is something that the public wants. It may be feasible for next May. What are your sides feeling on that?
2: Well, we would have to discuss it with Canelo and his team. I mean, we would have to discuss it with him. See how he feels. uh, Obviously, Styles matchup, great. And that the reason why they're so, you know, they're very good fights. Um, it would be at Canelo's discretion. You would have to check with him and see if uh, if he's open to it. Uh, we've we've had, you know, really very little contact. We're letting him rest. Uh, you know, he just fought. It was a very tough fight. Um, you know, so, so when he's ready to speak to us about, December and in the transfer for next year, that's when we'll start discussing that. Mm-hmm. As you look back at the fight, what's the most
0: lasting impression in your mind, Eric?
2: You know, um, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of Canelo. Very, very proud of him. You know, he he, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He, he really wanted... The knockout. I thought that you know he, he he kept Golovkin on his heels pretty much the entire fight and, and took the fight to him. And uh, he got criticized so much in the first fight for boxing too much, moving too much. And he said he was gonna you know he said he was gonna stand to his ground and, and, and push him back. And he did that. And, and I'm just I'm really proud of him because you know. Everybody knows Golovkin is a dangerous puncher, a dangerous fighter, a very dangerous puncher, and Canelo, just, you know, he threw caution to the wind and, 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 and you know, he it to fight.
0: Going back to Canelo's return, Eric, if he doesn't decide uh, to take the December 15th date, do you believe at that point that he will fight on his customary Cinco de Mayo slot next year in 2019?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He'll definitely fight it uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, that's you know that's like his date. Um, yeah, he took the baton from Mayweather, who took it from Oscar, who took it from Chavez, and uh, it's that same lineage um, and, and same tradition of fighting in May and in September. But who knows? You know, he might want to have a, an early fight in, in, in late February or March. I mean, We really don't know. We really mm-hmm. don't know. So it's going to be at his discretion, and, and whatever he wants to do, we'll be here to uh, make it happen. Eric, from a big-picture standpoint of
0: Golden Boy, you guys have been very willing to make fights, uh, reaching across the table, going on other platforms, going on other networks. And the results haven't necessarily been what you wanted, even though there have been some very competitive fights and big events. How, how big of a victory was it for not only Canelo but Golden Boy this past weekend?
2: It was huge. It was huge. It was a big, big victory. But it was a victory not only for us and Golden Boy and Canelo, but it was also a victory for boxing. And it just proves again when you have the best fight, for the best, uh, everybody wins. Uh, it was a big celebration, and the fight lived up to the hype.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of 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 Oscar. I'm proud of our entire staff at Golden Boy. Uh, you know, we, we we said we wanted to put up, you know, good fights, great events, the best of the best, and everybody wins. Everybody's raving about the event, so I'm I'm really happy for that.
0: So those are the words of Eric L. Presidente Gomez. Big victory for Golden Boy. Listen, uh, that company is someone that we're very friendly with. This was a big victory for them. They needed this
1: one, Mario. Listen, I love that they stacked the card, and I love that the main event delivered. It not only great for Golden Boy... Uh, great for the, the sport of boxing. Um, I think it sort of s- salvaged HBO for uh, I- as far as really still having the event of the year. So, yeah, no, Oscar and the boys co- couldn't be happier. But we got some guests here in studio. I just want to take a quick poll. Knuckles, I know you saw the fight. How did you have it scored? I thought Golovkin won easily. Wow, easily I, thought, easily. I thought he controlled the fight, landed some bigger punches. But you're, like you said, he didn't go to the body much. But he hit him in the face a ton of times with a jab. Yeah, that was my—that was what I thought. I don't know. Okay, I'm no pro. I'm no pro. But that from from the, from your vantage point, yeah, that's how you get I it. what won. Stearns. What'd you think?
0: One sixteen one. Well, Golovkin, I thought
1: he won four of the last five rounds. See, he had the exact same score Mm. as Harold Letterman in HBO. It wasn't like Letterman, and I want to get to the broadcast team a little bit later, but 116-112 is what he had, and I heard that the announcers in the U.K. had a similar score as well. They might have even gone 117. Wow. How'd you have it, Patch? I had a 115-113 with
2: Golovkin. Yeah, okay, Okay. so that was our score. Tootie, how'd you have it?
1: (laughs) Tony had it a draw. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Okay. By the way, a draw. I draw could live with, and I think a draw would have set up a better storyline if they were to do it uh, again. How'd you have it, Gil the Monster?
3: Had
1: a draw. You had a draw. Okay. I'm not. I'm not mad at it. But ironically, no one had Canelo. How about you, you Frazier? What was your score? I mean, I didn't score, but I think Triple G won. I really do. Mm, that, and then I was surprised because I saw all of Steve Kim's tweets, and he was like, "No, it was way too close." And I was like, no, I, I don't thought feel it was that sir, way.
0: I thought it was a close fight. I, no, I, I do. do.
1: No one's arguing that it wasn't a draw. That's why I say I draw, I would have been actually really happy you with know, it. I, I and so I I, I would have been happy well, with it and I think it would have been better for the storyline.
0: Mario, you were at a bar. What was the overall general consensus on that decision?
1: Um, that triple G one. That triple G mm-hmm. one. I think you can tell. You know, I think too though, when you're looking at the fight, you knew you were looking at an older fighter and having I think what would be a last great hurrah at that level against this young fighter in his prime and peeper and people couldn't help but root for him too. Plus you just like him as a person, right? And again, I don't want to discredit Canelo because I thought he was he was awesome for the, him to step up like that. It's just it just sucks that there had to be a loser in that fight. I really would, I would have been fine with the draw. The draw, I think that that's where everyone, I think, no one would have disputed that. That's the first draw where no one would have disputed it.
0: Mario, in round seven or eight, <coughs> as I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, ooh, Golovkin is looking weathered, he's looking worn. He might get pushed off the cliff. That's the feeling that I got. And to his credit, he reached down in his back pocket and he said, you know what, I need to come up with something. Abel Sanchez basically had his Angelo Dundee to Ray Leonard moment in the Thomas Hearns fight. You're blown it, son. You're blown it. Unfortunately, the rally ran late. But I thought for the first time, this is ironic, he really started to get to Alvarez late. I thought in the first fight, even though he more or less kind of controlled to dominated the action, he never really hit Alvarez square Last three rounds, he started to really kind of figure out some of the upper body movement
1: of Alvarez, who's been very slippery and very tricky in there. Oh, he's incredibly slick, and his defense is awesome. And I think Triple G, his educated jab and his timing, it took him a minute to kind of get the the timing of that. And when that right hand finally um, found a home, what was the buzz? You asked me at the bar, but what was the buzz ringside amongst other people there? What were they saying? What was the reaction in the arena?
0: A lot of the Canelo fans were very joyous. I feel as though they felt as though their man won. And I think they'll say, hey, we're happy, we're fans. But I thought a lot of people said, you know what, this was close. But if you go by the ringside press and the colleagues that I was sitting by, a lot of the Mexican media who last year didn't want to say it, this time flat out guys who work in the Spanish press were saying Golovkin won the fight. Which I found interesting because I thought last
1: year's fight... Was much more lopsided than this year. That's why I think it bothers people. Had the first fight not happened, then I don't think it would have left such a bad taste. But because you have the history of the first fight and that result, I think it carries over. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, because it rides to a you,
0: bigger issue yes. of was Golovkin ever going to really get a level playing field right. and able to win a close decision?
1: I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the conspiracy or gold. No. I don't, I don't buy into any of that. I really don't. I really don't. Listen. Do I think the judges maybe in the back of their mind, obviously it's Mexican Independence Day weekend. It's a good look to have the Mexican win. <laughs> and uh he, he is the, the future of the sport as far as it, it, it bodes everyone it bodes well for everyone involved, right? Do they get maybe that's in the back of their mind? Yeah. But I don't think there's any conversations being had by De La mm. or by I I don't think there's any of that going on. So for all the conspiracy theorists That's a strong no. I
0: was able to catch up to Tom Loeffler the day after the disappointing loss. Here's what the head of Triple G Promotions had to say about the event and moving forward. Tom, obviously a disappointing result. Uh, Great fight last night. Is it too early to think about the immediate future? What's next for Gennady?
3: I mean, Gennady's going to rest a little bit. Uh, It was a tough fight for both guys. 12 rounds. Uh, we were happy with the fight. It was a great event. It was a great fight. It was a much better fight this time because Canelo uh, stood and fought and, and did what he promised the fans he was going to do. So we have to give Canelo a lot of credit for that. But even so, uh, at worst, Gennady should have gotten a draw and kept his titles. Uh, we had it, uh, like HBO, again, the Harold Letterman, we had it 8-4, to four, but... Uh, uh, look, we're not, uh, we, we agreed with the judges, so we're not going to complain about it. It just, uh, I think it's clear to, to the reaction on social media, the reaction with, uh, with the boxing media and sports media in general that, uh, that uh, I shouldn't even say the majority, I'd say 90% of the people thought that uh, Triple G won the fight. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those situations where, you uh, Triple G left the ring yesterday. He wanted to give Canelo his stage, but uh, we, we certainly didn't agree with the, the result of the judging.
0: Tom, when, do you, is, what are the possibilities of a third fight, and would it come immediately, or do you think you guys need some separation?
3: It really depends on the options that are out there. Um, you know, if there's a big fight out there for Triple G. Uh, now it, it seems uh, that fighters are actually coming out of the shadows that they were hiding under to uh, avoid Triple G. Now they, they feel it's safe to get in the ring with them, just like with Jaws. it It's no. safe to get back in the water. Um, you know, so if there's some big fights out there, we'll have to evaluate that. I'm sure the Golden Boy side will evaluate their options with Canelo. Um, you know, it's clearly uh, Triple G, Canelo won, and, and uh, the rematch with Canelo Triple G two was uh, the biggest paydays for both guys. So that leads one to believe that the uh, third fight would be the biggest payday. The second fight was better than the first fight, and and if that trend continues, you would think the third fight would be even better. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the options are. Uh, both these guys are are, uh, are uh, real warriors and. Uh, two of the top uh, fighters in the in the sport of boxing and, and uh, importantly, uh, two of the most marketable fighters in the sport of boxing. So um, we would either look for uh, a third fight or, you know, we see what the options are, whether it's Charlo Murata is a big fight, uh, Ramirez at 168 is a big fight. There's a lot of great options out there for him. so uh, he had another. He had like three big wins since uh, he was slated um, as a replacement opponent when Canelo got suspended for May five. So Mungia really has come on very strong, and, and that would be a tremendous fight uh, as well. Is it most likely that Kanati will not fight the rest of the year? Well, going 12 hard rounds and uh, getting cut in a 12th round from a headbutt. Uh, I would say at this point, most likely not. Uh, you know, it'll take uh, about a week just to decompress and, and go over everything with Abel and Gennady. But my gut feeling right now is that he won't, he won't fight before the end of the year. And we'll just weigh the options for the springtime or for, uh, for May uh, 2019.
0: So Tom Loeffler says they'd be more than glad to do a third fight. And Mario, I'll go on the record right now. Uh, personally, I believe that the young Mexican star, who will be 29 by that point, compared to Golovkin's 37, will be the clear favorite going in to next Cinco de Mayo,
1: should they meet again. How great would that storyline be? You have two draws, and then you can pitch it as finally settling the score. The tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. <laughs> tie I mean, right? Yeah, would have been yeah. sweet. Gosh, that would have been so sweet and dessert. You know, I hate to say this, but if tr- I think it's a dangerous fight for Triple G next fight. I really do. I think Canelo might start him, and I only say that because the guy's going to be 37. He's if it was the 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 Triple G that fought Lemieux, obviously totally different story. Um, do I want to see it? I, there's other fights I'd like to see, but you know, Gennady, I wouldn't want to uh, uh, deprive him of a great payday. Obviously, it'd be a yeah. huge payday, so I'd, I'd love to see that. But I don't think anyone who's somewhat savvy or knowledgeable yeah. in the sport thinks that Triple G, look, dude, he fought his ass off for two fights. You really think he's going to get the nod this time? Right. An older and version? you know Golden Boy and Canelo. You're just, show, you're just showing up for a check. They're not taking this fight
0: anywhere, but Vegas, because when it's all said and done, forget about the conspiracy theories or what your uh, beliefs are in, in the judging system or the hierarchy of boxing. The most money is still with the casinos and the 702. It maximizes
1: both their revenue, and that's why they call it prize fighting. I Last thing I'll say about this, and I'll talk about another thing. Again, I want to just point out, you know, it's not Canelo's fault the way the fight is judged. He goes in there, and he fights the fight, and he fought his ass off, and he was, he, he was awesome. He really was great. He really was great, so I don't want to discredit him at all. He really was, and I, in that fight i had such a great deal of respect for him and it even i've always had it but it even went up more because of the way he handled it with with gennadi so it sucks that he's getting a lot of grief online because it's not his fault the way it was called canelo
0: alvarez i said this years ago that he's like that really good-looking matinee idol actor who doesn't get enough credit for his acting abilities because yeah. they think it's all about looks.
1: Yeah. No, this guy's actually very skilled. It is. Two good analogies from you today. Thank you. I'm two for two. <laughs> Batting
0: average is raising. Mario, let's talk about the undercard and the overall broadcast. Let's go through the list here. Uh, WBO, 154-pound title The Mexican machine gun. The Baja wrecking ball. Jaime Munguia batters Brandon Cook over three. David Lemieux starches Spike O'Sullivan. That was in- my personal favorite One, highlight. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> super flyweight Ramon Gonzalez of uh, beats up Moises Fuentes over
1: five, and then we had 90 minutes to just hang out. Well, before huh. we get to the hangout part, huh. first of all, when my boy Lemieux starched uh, hipster uh John O'Sullivan Yeah John O'Sullivan uh, with this uh, yeah. little thing and then his little antics in the weigh in and the, I go oh this fool he's he's about to get a rude awakening with this heavy handed dude <laughs> he hit that left hook and he just like oh okay this is different and let me I just I was so looking forward to that fight and he delivered and then Mugia I mean he's making a strong case for fighter of the year wouldn't uh, you say there's well, the problem great on activity
0: the strength of competition Strength of schedule has to go to Usyk.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Of course. But he's in the conversation. Yeah. I think he's in the conversation. He'll be, right? he'll
0: be invited with the tuxedo right. to the award right, show. Right. Yes, he won't yes. get the trophy. No,
1: I agree. I agree. That, that That's fair. But at least Rising okay. Star. He'll get Rising Star Award. He'll get Rising Star. He'll and I think, Susan Lucci this year. And I think Cho- Chocolatito is a case of who, another fighter whose best days are behind him, but still is so good and sound that he'll still be in, yeah. uh, involved in some uh, solid fights. Now, I was at this event. Unfortunately, I had to work. And... I kept checking my phone and checking out Twitter and seeing what was going on with the fights. And when I saw Lemieux uh, start Osullivan uh, early, I go, "Oh my god, I'm gonna miss the main event! I gotta hurry up with this thing!" So I'm busting my ass trying to get out of there. And I hurry up, finally get to the bar. And then I had to wait. I was like, "Wait, what happened?" Yeah. But then, like a couple, Tootie, a couple of guys in here ordered it. They missed the, they missed the undercard. Yeah. Let me get into they that. Should've, they should have, they should have put like an episode of The Sopranos or, right. or real like sex, a, a real sex, yeah, John legendary night, something. What uh, yeah. um, <laughs> did you have to listen to Max Kellerman all that time? Oh my god!
0: Okay, a couple things here. Um, The 5 p.m. Pacific start time college football. Yeah, that's right. TCU Ohio State was a very good undercard bout from Dallas. Let let me just make a few points here. And I took a lot of heat months ago. The 5 p.m. Pacific start time specifically for fights in Las Vegas does not work. It's too early. People are just waking up. Um and During <laughs> the 90-minute the hiatus, I went to go up top to go drink with the friend, okay, uh, and have some fun and got a bite to eat. As you look out the glass windows of the T-Mobile throughout the walkways and the veranda area where there's a lot, there are at least 3,000 people milling around waiting to get in or just saying, oh, we'll wait till the – I'm thinking to myself, these people don't even know they miss Mungia. <laughs> and they're probably like, Oh, <laughs> Gia fighting. Oh, yeah. The missed the whole card. Like, oh, you know, and so most of the people were not in their seats till about seven fifteen, seven thirty. Wow. Now, here's the thing. What that, time
1: did main event finally kick uh, off? Eight
0: fifteen, which by the way, let me get into that. I've been told by industry people in the promotion, even during the six PM, nine PM start, <laughs> the goal is always to have the main event two hours and fifteen minutes into the broadcast. So if you start at six locally, they want both fighters walked into the ring by about eight fifteen. This is what did not make sense to me. So you have a five o'clock start and we're told ringside, hey guys, don't worry about it. The main event's not gonna start till eight fifteen.
1: Ooh. So my point is so that's my point is so why start it early? So one mistake they made. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna if you're gonna come right. out at that time, it doesn't it doesn't make They're any mistake. They're listening
0: to a vocal minority of East Coasters. Yeah, but East
1: Coasters, you're still seeing the main event at the same time. So what does it matter? Right. Does well, it
0: that make sense, Mario? That's my point.
1: Hey, East Coasters,
0: you get to watch your first football game at one p.m. You're good. You can sleep in, brother. You're okay. I watch college game day. At 6 a.m. in the morning. They Damn. get till 9.
1: Damn, you go hard. What are you yeah, bitching yeah,
0: was- <laughs> about? I mean, seriously. 6 on a weekend? I, 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 I'm a real fan. Now, yeah, this, yeah, is this is the thing. This is the issue. If you're going to start it at 5 p.m., what is the point of then having the landmark
1: be the same time as before? Th- there is no point. It makes absolutely and Mario, I've no been, sense. I've
0: been to a lot of pay-per-view parties at your house, whether it's the UFC or boxing, When you say, hey guys, everyone come over. That's our night out. We're not right. going
1: anywhere afterwards. No, you're exactly right. So, uh, speaking of which, though, remember on the flip side of that, real quick, not to digress. What was that UFC? Ronda card? Rousey in Brazil. Right. We, we had like two hours in between the main event. Yeah, you know and then what I the, heard. And then the main event didn't go off until like nine something Pacific time. Yeah, and time. you know what remember? I remember?
0: Jerry Lewis was very upset that it was longer than most of his telethons. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: ridiculous. Remember all that? We started getting yeah. all the not top the top ten lives, but, Yeah, yeah, all all things our st- longer than yeah, that yeah, pay exactly. per view
0: and like the Roots miniseries, right? right. Uh, stuff like that, but, but in my view, <laughs> if you're going to start it at 5
1: p.m. local, right. then the goal better be 7.30. Of course, what it defeats you, the whole purpose. Yeah. You're just going to piss people off because they're going to miss most of the undercard. And then they're going to waste a lot of time, and the buzz is gone. Thank goodness it was a great fight that delivered because yeah, a lot of people would have been pissed. And the other
0: thing they needed to do, if you have an early knockout, which I felt a lot of these fights were going to be fun. Swing bouts? Uh, are you no, a swing the bouts? The swing bouts you don't do for pay-per-views generally. I've only seen it one time. That was Pacquiao, De La Hoya. When you had three fights that went a total of four rounds, okay? Yeah. But when Lemieux knocked out Spike in one, I remember looking at the clock thinking, ooh, they're not gonna bring on another fight for about 30 to 40 minutes. When they brought Mungia out in like 15 minutes, I said, they got an issue. <laughs> wow. They have an issue because I'm looking at this venue, I'm on Press Row. I'm thinking, you could throw hand grenades into the crowd right now. You wouldn't have anyone killed. <laughs> Mario, there was no one there. <laughs> it's too early. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Munguia was specifically brought on this card because he's Mexican. To be showcased. And we want everyone right. to see him. There's three people out there hanging out with their Coronas outside saying, hey, and, when's Munguia fight? And I, I know, said, dude. yeah, about 30 minutes ago. You know Rasa's you know? going to show up on Raza time. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so Mario, how happy were you? Were you as happy as everyone else with the uh, HBO broadcast crew? Dude, oh, what, dude, look at the <laughs> look at the moans in here. What,
2: dude?
1: What happened, dude? I mean, where have you gone, Larry Merchant? That's uh, all I'm gonna say. Honestly, sorely missed. He needs he more and more need, missed every year. They need to keep it real. Does Andre Ward have like a P tape on Max Kellerman because he has to? <laughs> he feels like he has to mention him like every broadcast. I don't understand. Not only mention him. Praise him and genuflect like, on him. Come on, man! I mean, am I in the minority or was it? No, you're it not. was horrible, right? And then, and then, the bias with the commentary—what I've never seen it so blatant as in these last few fights, and in particular, and there's was, an agenda. There's an agenda god, there, god man. But at least be veiled about
0: it, well, Mario. You know this <laughs> as a public figure when, when you do a broadcast or you make an appearance or you're on a show. You're always going to get certain people that are going to be very derisive. They're going to criticize. There's always a few. You could put on the best performance. I'm sure there are people that will tell you Vince Scully wasn't very good or Brando was overrated. You know, whatever. But when you get that many tweets talking about the broadcast from people that I have conversed with on Twitter that I consider to be very knowledgeable, fair, and intelligent, now you're thinking to
1: yourself, that's more than a trend, right? That might be the truth. Well, everybody in this room— yeah. this moaned yeah. out loud. So, right? I mean, I Knuckles, was it, was it obvious with to Max you? Kellerman. I won't listen to his radio show. None of it. The guy's the worst. Yeah, what is his Sheesh. deal? That's what's what I his- said. <laughs> yeah. Knuckles pulled in no punches. Wow. Pun intended. I'm wow. glad he got removed from ESPN. <laughs> but anyway, listen, guys. You know what's funny? Tootie's favorite is Roy Jones. <laughs> oh, Roy. Yeah, Roy.
0: Uh, I do believe there is a bias against a certain style of fighters, and if
1: they are from a certain part of the world, uh, I
0: believe that that bias is
1: accentuated. I do love me some Lampley. I'll give it that. But I see, as far as a combo, I'm a big Bernstein. Uh, fan, I love. I like Bernstein. I think keeps it real and is pretty honest out there. Yeah, and by the way, Bernstein,
0: <laughs> he said, I don't know how they gave the twelfth round to Alvarez. So, oh, uh, your boy Teddy
1: Atlas too. Who, by the way, him and stevie A. They said, need to take that show on the road. So comical. He is so dramatic. I think if you surprise Stephen A. Smith with your antics, then damn, yeah, you know you're <laughs> animated. But uh Teddy Atlas also had, and you know what, he made a good point. um He was very dramatic about it, but he said, listen. Uh, I still consider it a robbery, even though it was a close fight. And, and you know, and I don't know if he used this example, but in, in the way he was saying, look, if you steal $5 or you steal a million dollars, it's still stealing. It's still stealing. It's still a robbery. Well, it's like this the
0: analogy he used, and I used it last year. If you're going to rob a bank, the way you do it is with a ski mask, a getaway card, underground tunnel, and you put the black paint over the security footage, right? That's kind of what they did in the 12th round. Last year, Adelaide Bird came up. Without a mask, she put her ID on the table, put her fingerprints on the glass, and then her getaway car was Uber.
1: See, right. that, her that, getaway uh, yeah. car was that Pope mobile. The Pope yeah, mobile, right? And, and and then
0: she left her uh, direct deposit slip right on the desk. Right. So, but again, I agree with you with, uh, with Teddy and Stephen A. Smith. I I spoke to Teddy uh, about an hour ago. They are the black and white ebony and ivory version of Co- Abbott and Costello. They're hilarious. <laughs> I I mean, listen, do do some people not like that? act. Yeah, I thought it was
1: hilarious. It's funny. And I love that ESPN has given boxing a lot of love, so it's great.
0: Uh, Mara, you know, ever since I started this podcast, I've become the Asian Dear Abby because people have been asking me for advice, believe it or not. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use. One bookie. Everyone knows the rules. Lay down some cash and win big today. I hey, listen. I would only recommend a service to my listeners. That's been good to me. So Join join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use this promo code, guys. Knockdown, all one word, all capitalized to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code, Knockdown, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you put some money on the underdog Canelo, cha-ching. Mario, <laughs> in, in many other weeks... The fight on Friday night, the thriller in Fresno from the Save Mart Arena on ESPN between Jose Ramirez and Antonio Orozco. This will be the talk of the town. But you know what? We can't forget what a game effort, not only by the winner, but the guy who
1: hung in there gamely, Antonio Orozco. Awesome fight. Candidate for fight of the year in my eyes. Great energy. I love that they were um, in Fresno and it was broadcast on ESPN. I mean, like, what a weekend weekend. For uh, for boxing, that was an example of a guy who lost but really won because his stock went up, his uh, credibility. I think the his appeal, and he will be taken that much more serious, and he's become must-watch TV. Ramirez, wow, he's the real deal, man, and I think he's the man to beat in that weight class. Um, he was already looking sharp with Freddie Roach, but with Robert Garcia, it, it was like he didn't miss a step. He's going to be a tough out. Um, the reach, his uh, he's he's got obviously a lot of heart. He handled the pressure well, fighting in his hometown, his combinations, his stamina. He's The kid looks like the real deal. Long, lean, and lanky. And this is what you call the classic
0: entertaining yet one-sided fight because all three judges had it 119-107. Right. And, Mr. Lopez, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, Orozco came into this fight with a record of 27-0. and 0, But when you look back at his career and you say, what's the first thing you're going to remember? What's the one fight that you think Orozco is going to be defined by? It's going to be this fight. Yeah, got knocked down twice in the fourth and sixth. Well, he's still got more fights ahead, yeah. so we don't well, know. Look, so far, it's The this fight. one thing Orozco has done in this defeat was make you want to see him again. Right, And that's not always the case. And I agree with you. Jose Ramirez at 140. I know the winner of the World Boxing Super Series, will have a lot to say about it. Maybe it's Regis Progre or Josh Taylor. But I agree with you. Jose Ramirez, as he gains his man strength now at 26th, he is a tough out. Now,
1: I'm automatically um, excited for the potential ramirez Salcedo fight, which could uh, realistically Ooh, what really happen really soon. Yes, what a fight. Who do you like playing... Um, playing matchmaker here, well, that's, that, that well, seems like a, an inevitable showdown. Yes. Who do you lean towards? Well, first of all, let me go Nick Saban by the on way, you. By the way, two candidates of Fights of the Year and both mm. both involved in Fights of the Year.
0: Yeah, and let me go Nick Saban on you. We're going to take it one fight at a time, okay? Don't feed us the rat poison because Salcedo has a very tough fight, very tough fight with Mo yes. Hooker November 16th for the IBF title. Provided he gets now, by him. I think he's going to get past Mo Hooker. I think he's too physical. I think he's a little bit too durable. Salcedo Ramirez, which is a fight that Bob Aram has
1: absolutely said mm. sometime in 2019. And before you give me that, where do you think it would take place? Both oh. I love that Bob has done a great job cultivating the Oklahoma. Oh, well, hold uh, on. Market. Where do you think where, Bob's? <clears> throat> 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 hold oh, on, guy. God. Hold God. on, guy. Oh, Listen, if we make that fight, we gotta be
0: Switzerland. We gotta we be in Vegas. It. We gotta make it neutral territory. I wanna have it
1: at the forum in LA. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, you made my day yeah, with so that. clear off your calendar. Wow, okay? the forum. The yeah. only thing that would be better is if it was at StubHub.
0: Too big for StubHub. I, I think with Fresno and the general interest,
1: that's going to be a great fight. Oh, wow. I hope that comes through. That is going to be awesome.
0: I get the sense. So who do you who do you favor? That Ramirez is a little bit too versatile and maybe too much of a boxer or has the, more of the ability to box than Salcedo. So I would
1: shade Ramirez 60-40. I don't have a problem with that. I think Salcedo showed a lot of heart and showed me a lot. In being with this, The same tangibles, too, being able to yeah. handle the pressure in his hometown. Tough, tough guy. Heavy hands. Um, oh, I think it's close. I think it's a pick'em fight. So you're, you're going you. 50-50. I like uh, that. Maybe 55. Maybe I'm shading yeah. Ramirez, but I think it's a real, real fight that both fighters have a real yeah, keep shot Keep this in, in mind. Salcedo has never gotten,
0: gotten out of the way of the punch. But unlike Orozco, he's much heavier handed. Right. That's what I think so is a big that's difference maker. I agree. That's the variable that we mm-hmm. have to look at. Uh, Mario, I don't know if you have uh, downloaded The Zone, but they start up in America, um, and they're going to show a big fight from the, I believe, the Wembley Stadium in Britain for the Unified Heavyweight title. Anthony Joshua, 21-0, 20 knockouts, takes on Alexander Povetkin, 34 and one twenty four knockouts. Mario, I think, Povetkin has a shot. He's not completely out of the picture. He might have the proverbial puncher's chance. But again, we we spoke about this earlier. This is a young man's game. And in doing some research on Povetkin, I didn't realize he was 30 Nine years old, and I know heavyweights age differently, yeah.
1: but that's still 39. Right, but you're right. Heavyweights do age differently, and he's a skilled guy. I think it's actually a real fight. You know, ever since Joshua fought Klitschko, he's been a little bit more gun-shy. Uh, cautious? Yeah, and he's, he's fought a little bit more uh, cautiously. So I think if someone steps on the gas enough and pushes it, they've they've— they've got a legitimate shot if you're, if you're the real deal. And I think Pavetkin's a real fighter. So I don't know if there's going to be fireworks necessarily, but I think it's a real fight. You make a great point, and, I, and
0: I've used this term before. It's called being rosario Go back to 1986. Hector Macho Camacho was one of the most exciting fighters in boxing. And then in the summer of 86, in Madison Square Garden takes on a fellow Puerto Rican, Edwin Chapo Rosario, who hit him two, three times and really buzzed him. And literally, Camacho went from the most exciting fighter... To the most boring stink fest. And and literally for the next 15-20 years, you hated to watch him. And I call that being Rosario'd. I saw the same thing with Chad Dawson when he got buzzed by Glenn Johnson. You don't know how the fighter fighter reacts. And you're right. Since the Klitschko fight, Big Joshua is a little bit more on the back foot. Mario, I I know you're going to groan at this, but do not kill the messenger. I believe... That maybe in December or sometime in the new year of 2019, you know what's coming down the block? And I'm being told that they're pretty close to making it. It is the sequel that will have no equal. Manny Pacquiao may fight Floyd
1: Mayweather once again. Ain't nobody
2: trying to watch that.
1: (laughs) Ain't nobody trying to watch that. Listen. The crowd is not happy. He's a number one Mayweather (laughs) fan. When When that little video came out, where, by the way, it, so, to me it was hilarious because Floyd's doing his little antics and thing and Manny Pacquiao's just kind of standing there like not they're, understanding they're, what's going on. were they had a rave? <laughs> like it was a pen. It looked like they were at a rave, right? They had to be the oldest guys there then. Uh, <laughs> it, it, both were their entourages. And then when it came out on the eve of the Canelo fight, Floyd's always trying to steal some thunder. Always trying to steal some thunder when it comes to uh, uh, big events that involve Canelo and, and Golden Boy. I think it's a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Or what is this? So, what is it? So, shame on you, shame on me. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Uh,
0: fool me once, <laughs> shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right, and I don't think the public's going to go for it. Oh, I think they will. What did P.T. What did Barnum once say? There's a sucker born every minute. See, we can't think, like me and you are hardcore fans, right? But I, there's the casual general fan. There's also the Floyd Mayweather cult members and the Manny Pacquiao uh, I, I think at maniacs, this point. They will
2: buy
1: into it. I think at this point. Now, maybe I'm foolish in giving people too much credit, but I think at this point in their both careers and where they are in their life, it's such an obvious shakedown that, and it left such a bad taste, the last fight in their mouth, that I think you're wrong. I think it'll backfire on you. Okay. Them. Am I wrong? Well, yeah. let me, let me. You think so, really? Let me draw this so I'm not going to say it right. They're so
0: thirsty for anything. Right. For anything, because you get it so oh, Wow. Okay, but Mario. Maybe
1: I just don't, I, maybe my mind just doesn't want to see it. Okay, so look at <laughs> the
0: Star Wars series. Not all of these new ones have been good, but aren't they still anticipated? Don't they still do
1: well at the box you office? You know what? I'm going to call you KOA. King of
0: analogies. Because that's <laughs> wow. another
1: good one today. Yes, yes. That's another another good one. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just really wow. don't want like to really oh. see it. I just really don't want to see it.
0: KOA. God, I feel like I'm sitting on a throne. And here's the issue with that. Though. Here's the bad part. It's a lot of issues. All of a sudden, you know what? You're hearing crickets as it relates to Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Did those fights fly into the Bermuda Triangle and just disappear?
1: What's well, going on? Well, I think. They involve, uh, well, at least the, the um, Garcia and Spence situation involve, involve your boy Al Heyman, and he is is infamous for having his fighters take long breaks in between fights, which make no sense to me. Is he breaking them off with cash on the side? He does that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then I guess how do you how do you really blame him then if you're one of the fighters? Is that a conspiracy? You've got proof of that.
0: No. Um, it is well known throughout boxing that Al Heyman pays you very well over and under the table, which is okay.
1: It's a a living, but... Well, then if you're a fighter, then how do you... I mean, you know, I guess you can't hate on him, right? No, but (laughs)
0: look, both of these fights that I spoke about, Spence and Garcia, Fury Wilder, would be under the Showtime banner. I was told about three, four weeks ago, uh, if Garcia-Spence happens, then Fury Wilder wouldn't happen, and then vice versa, because Mm. Showtime doesn't want to do two pay-per-views within a three, four-week period. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Pacquiao Mayweather 2 comes in, and it's like, move over bacon. Okay, right. It just expunges everything else. So I don't yeah. know what's going on with that schedule. Also, Showtime's budget is very stretched out to this point. Right. They may want to wait till the new fiscal year right. of 2019. And Mario, moving on to final flurries, and the reason why I call you our LeBron James it has nothing to do with your vast basketball skills, your, your 45-inch verticals. <laughs> why are you laughing, fool? I got
1: hops. I got uh, hops. Uh, <laughs> nice shorts! Nice shorts, fool! I'm, I'm, like I'm not one to take fashion risks, but because <laughs> (laughs) I got to rock this ugly ass medical boot and it was hot as outside I'm like you know what screw it I'm gonna try to get shorts but Tootie try to put me in some Peter Pan joints with this velvet slipper oh. kind of thing and I was so late I ended up going with it but I ended up getting a lot of love and I was on a lot of best dress lists oh nah no, 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 yeah. yeah, you thinking try to it
3: yeah
0: when you okay are those Did you laugh sh- when you saw that? Oh
1: I thought it was great. By the way, those were homemade shorts. Those were right. real suit now, did, pants. Did you, did you cut the and pants? We cut them. Oh, you cut them. That's We the Huckleberry Finn style. Cut them. Yeah. <laughs> sewed it and it was a custom made suit. Is that funny? Yeah, you know what? You were, very, you, were you were you were rolling stylistically. Thank right, you, I will give you, it thank credit. Oh. Literally, I had a scooter.
0: Yeah, and by the way, are you now <laughs> breathing a sigh of relief over your Doyers? Dude, first place, first place,
1: first place. baby. I'm going to the game tonight. Oh, nice. Kershaw's pitching, so hopefully they close it out. Th- listen, they have about a year. You were worried. Two. I tell you not to
0: No, worry. I was not worried. I thought they were the best
1: team. By, by the way, the- a lot can happen because you're still going up against first place Rockies and you still got to play the card. There's only 11 games left and you got the Cardinals and the Giants. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Mario, if the you The Giants are- would love to spoil it too, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know,
1: I know. They uh, could too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you were a former teammate Avante Davis on the Buffalo Bills. Okay. now I love that dude. Now, let's say a couple years from now, you're at a player reunion or at some function. Right. Right? Everyone's hanging out at a club or a picnic. And Avante says, yo, Mario, what's up? Would you tap
1: him? Hell yeah. Why? Because Are i you kidding me? I, I, really? Did, did, hell yeah. I'd be like, yo, that was probably one of the craziest, <laughs> yeah, ballsiest things I've ever seen in my life. The dude played 10 years in the league and decided to peace out in, in the, the middle halftime. Of the <laughs> I want to know what caused it. By the way, The Bills. I I would want (laughs) to. He (laughs) saw Nathan
0: Peterman and Josh Allen. He said, I'm out of here. But you
1: know what? I would want to finish a game just because it takes a minute to get ready. By the time you tape up your fingers, tape up your ankles. uh, Padded up. You're all padded up. Like people help you get. If you're doing that on your own, that shit takes a minute. So it's such a pain in the ass, right? I mean, obviously not fair to your teammates and what have you. But I just think it's such a crazy ass (laughs) move. I almost got to respect it. (laughs) Right? <laughs> Who retires at halftime? Vonte Vontae, no Vontae Davis amazing. is... It's, it's amazing. Yeah, Vontae right. <laughs> Davis is
0: from a football family. His brother is Vernon Davis, had a very accomplished career. Yes. And Vontae's made two Pro Bowls. Now, what he was best known for before all of this was on Hard Knocks about three, four years ago when he was with the Dolphins. I mean, they captured this on camera. Uh, Coach Joe Philbin, I think the general manager, bring Vontae into the office. And they said, Vontae, um, the rumors are true. We have traded you. And you know what his reaction was? Uh i got to call my grandma. That was his first reaction. <laughs> not my agent, not what team, oh, Why? True. He said, i got to call my grandma. So I've always thought, wow, this guy's kind of odd. He's a little bit different. Well, he got love for um, but Maybe also, granny
1: just bought a house But Mario,
0: <laughs> We know that a lot of athletes, their careers are over by the early 30s if they're lucky, yeah. right? He signed a, a $5 million deal. I, I mean,
1: again, money's money. You're telling me you just couldn't stick it out for 13 more weeks? No, I get it. I get it. Hey, listen— my brother-in-law retired midway through his other car. He got injured. And he goes, "I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I don't want. To, yeah, I don't but want that get...
0: middle of a game. No, not in middle, a, of a game. In no, middle of a game. Of no, a but game.
1: as far as like, but he only had like seven games to go. Yeah. On another thing, too. He just don't, when you get hurt, I guess you know, not in the middle of the game. That was next level. Yeah. That's I was so baffled, but at the same time, I walked away. I know it's not cool to the team here. I was like, it's <laughs> kind of impressed. I was like, damn, halftime <laughs> no. retiree. That's kind of gangster.
0: Uh, by the way,
1: Patrick Mahomes, yo, he's the story of the NFL right now, dude. He's like he's on Madden right now, yeah. like in the video game. With all his touchdowns. But, you know, Andy Reid has a good way of making all his quarterbacks look good. Quarterback whisper. Yeah, the last—I mean, when Alex Smith was there, all of a sudden it was like the resurgence of Alex Smith. He's like, let's just give it a little bit of time. It's a little bit different, let's, though, and I'll I, tell you why. Mahomes well, no, I think he's the real deal. No no I, other not, human being can make. I'm not saying—that's that. That's bold. That's bold. Oh. Easy,
0: easy, Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. Easy, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can't drive it the way Mahomes can. Ah, Mahomes I has one of the—this guy can throw the ball 95 yards. I know, he I think the guy— He can throw it 70 yards
1: on his knees. whoa. I didn't hear about that. I think and I know yes. the guy uh, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, he hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know what the most impressive thing I've heard about uh Mahomes is um he allegedly has a photographic memory. So that's why he's able to read uh uh or, or remember the plays and his name is Mahomes. Mahomes. Well, His father was a former Major League pro pitcher. uh baseball player too. He was he was a pitcher and um, you know, listen, I think the kids got the goods, but I think Andy Reid has a good job. Let's let's wait a couple games in. The Chiefs in. start hot often. Yes, Let's exactly. See. They do is hot. Yes, when they smoked the Pats last yes. year, and yeah. then they barely made the playoffs. You're, you're exactly right. So when my Chargers started getting hot again, they just they finally <laughs> well, got a look, dub one on the one. board. That was big. One and that one. Was big one and, and one. two is tough to overcome in I the know. national and football. Now they League. got the Rams next week, though. That's a tough week. Yeah, that's a tough. week. The Niners hey, win this weekend. We did win. We play the Chiefs this weekend, and then Ooh. your Chargers. So it's you tough. you play them at Casey. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going for I'm going for the Niners. Obviously, don't bet that at mybookie.com. Yeah, on the. Nice Nichols, nice yeah. callback right there. So my buddy, who I always give him a hard time, that lives in Cincinnati, what's up with the Bengals two and zero now? Yeah, not bad. They're they're, 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 they're the they're the uh, top of the division. I know it's only two games in, um, but there's only what two undefeated teams in the NFC right now? Yeah, the Rams and who's the other one? Uh, racking my brain, but I know there's only two undefeated teams right now. I still think, what's up with the two ties in a row, by the way, in the NFL? I, I don't mind the ties.
0: I, you know, listen, if they play that many minutes, uh, last thing players want to do, no, Bucks. Bucks. go to a sixth quarter, the Vikings. Right. The, Bucks. After, the Bucks, The Bucks, oh, The
1: Bucks. The Ooh, your, your boy, and James Winston, ain't getting his job back. No, he's
0: not. No, and then he <laughs> shouldn't. He hasn't been good enough. There are certain guys that have the cachet right. that whenever they come back, they get the parking spot back. Right. Uh, Jameis Winston is parking in that structure on the third floor right, right. now. Right. I hate to tell you, and it, what I thought was very telling is when Deshaun Jackson, I, I saw a quote today, he's still fast as, <laughs> and he said, Yeah, the jackrabbit from Long Beach, Paul. He said, Oh, no, no, we can't take him out, he's too hot. That is the biggest
1: indictment of Jameis Winston. Well, he's getting him, the, he's getting Deshaun the ball a lot, yeah. too, so
0: you yeah, don't want the league right now. Yeah, he do not want to take in a few him out. <laughs> So, Mario, uh, one last thing before we wrap it up. What is on your
1: television rotation right now? We haven't
0: spoken about that in a while. The Deuce is back. I like that. Season 2 on HBO. I'm back on that. There's so
1: much, man. It's it's, it's like homework right now. Okay. You never got on The Sinner, huh? No. Did you watch it, Knuckles? No, not yet. You didn't watch it? Okay. Season one is great. Season two is is also great. It's sort of like True Detective. True mm. Detective. It's a whole new season. They except they kept the one character, Bill Pullman. Okay. It's his best work. It's really good. It's about a cult this year. So we're finishing that. I'm also into Better Call Saul, the prequel. I've to heard of that. What? Yep. Great, great, mm. great. It's it's it, it's it's a little slower and moves, but oh, it's good and it always ends yep. on a real high note. So I'm waiting to get through those two shows before I hit Mayans. Which is the... I'm on it. I'm on it. Saw the
0: first episode. Did you like it? It's a little bit slow,
1: but it's in the rotation. Did I'm you keeping it. Did I'm you see it. Sons of Anarchy? Yes, they
0: made a cameo. Oh, okay, no, okay, but did you t- did you already watch? Chanzo no, Ranga? I did not.
1: Okay, okay, but, because I heard you didn't have to, right? Yeah, but Mayans is basically Mexican Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, it's I, the want own, it's, that. yeah it's I want to see that. I want to do that. My dad probably liked that show. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell him about well, it. Well, FX, in it. hey FX. Yeah, my dad like to be in it actually. Mar- I can do lines, mijo.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Mario, FX does not get enough credit because I'm also watching Snowfall. I think that is very good by John Singleton. He's the producer. Damn, dude, Mayans is, so is also I even very good. Heard of Snowfall? Oh yeah. my gosh! People love that. I haven't watched it. Yeah, very good. So oh, anyway, oh. all right. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Three Knockdown Rule. On behalf of Mario Lopez and Justin Buffalo Nichols, I'm Steve Kim saying goodbye, everybody.